0: Welcome to the podcast of New City Church. We hope this podcast inspires you on your journey of inward and outward transformation. Please join us on Sundays. You can find more information on our website, grownewcity.church. God bless you. Hey, New City. Welcome, everybody. So excited to have you joining us today online. My name is John Carlos, and I'm excited to continue our new series called Revelation. We claimed. we're looking at the book of Revelation and before we begin I just have to confess that I have an interesting history with the book of Revelation um, for like half my life I was afraid deathly afraid of trumpets uh, if you've read the book of Revelation you know that when Jesus comes back um, there are gonna be trumpet sounds and and as a kid every time I heard a trumpet I was like duck to the ground just imagine ten-year-old Carlos ducking to the ground and praying uh, that Jesus would would take me with him um, I was afraid of being left behind I was afraid of trumpets um, literally I had friends who would joke with me that they were going to bring a trumpet uh, and play it around me just to see what I would do um, because as a kid in Puerto Rico you know we read the book of Revelation um, we uh, I remember having my grandma had tapes with the Bible and we would put in the Revelation tapes, the cassette tapes, right? And we would hear the stories. And for us, it didn't just like serve as scripture; it served as story, uh, like uh, scary story time. <laughs> uh, and 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 there was like this weird sensation because we really loved the Book of Revelation because it was so weird, and it was so scary. I mean, there was a dragon and a woman. There was a uh, winged creature with eyes all over them. There was martyrs, and uh, there was a sword coming out of Jesus' mouth, and there was judgment, and a lake of fire, and throne rooms, and angels. I mean, this book has it all. And so today, as we begin our time, I just want to confess that I want to demystify... Uh, this this really strange and weird and awesome book of the Bible. Um, I want to take this thing that, that feels uh, weird and different and, and make it accessible to us today. What is God saying to you and me through the book of Revelation? Yeah, so I think let's begin with a, a really simple observation. In English, it's called the book of Revelation. In Spanish, it's called Apocalipsis right, Uh, that sounds like what English word? Apocalypse. Why is it that in English it's called revelation and in Spanish it's essentially called apocalypse, right? It's because we think apocalypse is the end of the world when the word apocalypse in the original language simply means unveiling, revealing, uncovering. Hence, revelation. So this is not fundamentally a book about the end of the world. Is that included? You know, is that a part of the story? Sure. This is a book about God revealing something, about God revealing who He is, about God revealing who we are, about God revealing what the world, what the systems, what the powers, what the authorities really look like. Which gets me to one of the central definitions, working definitions I want us to have for this time. what is a revelation? Well, a revelation is simply when God shows us the actual state of things. Let me say that again. A revelation is simply when God shows us the actual state of things. And I've lived long enough to know that I need revelation. I need God to show me the actual state of things. I need God to show me who I really am. I need God to show me how things really work. I need God to show me how things really look. I need a revelation. And so when we think about revelation, the first thing that comes to mind is this picture, right, of um, <laughs> uh, if you know what uh, a catfish is, right? Um, I remember years ago when I was in college, I um, was hanging out with some friends, and uh, one of my friends and indicated that uh, she had been catfished. And I didn't know what that was at the time, but she had shared that she had texted, messaged someone for weeks without ever meeting them, and then came to discover that that person was not who they said they were. They were someone completely different. She had been catfished. And when, uh, when you hear a story like that, you like, sometimes you wonder, like, how could that happen? Like, that could never happen to me, right? Um, and not only had she even catfished, um, she had an episode of her life on, uh, MTV's catfish. Like, she like, like, submitted her thing, like, the guys came over, the camera crew came over, and that very night, we proceeded to watch her episode of MTV's catfish with her. And we saw the whole thing. And it was crazy. But these kind of instances make you think that, man, how, how could that happen to you? How could you fall for that? How, um, The funny thing is is that when I came out years later and I started dating, uh, I got catfished not one time, not two times, but three different times, okay? And by catfish, I'm literally meaning completely different person, like not the person who I thought was texting me. Uh, Like significant identity differences that warrant it being described as a catfish. And I thought it could never happen to me, and here I was getting catfished three times. I'm not even counting all the times I wanna date with someone and they were as cool as they let on in their profile. Um, and I, I, I discovered what it felt like to be catfish, to to think that I was going to meet person X, but they're really person Y. To think that I was going to experience this, but I was actually going to experience something very different. To think that I <laughs> was going to meet that, but, but actually discover someone else. Um, and then I also discovered that it's not just people on Tinder or Grindr that can catfish you, right? Well, actually jobs can catfish you. Careers can catfish you. They can say there's something and be something very, very different. Um, your dreams can catfish you. Your expectations of your life can catfish you. Uh, your friends, your family, uh, your significant other, um, Uh, can catfish you, can't they? Uh, A a church, a, a religious community can catfish you. You came in thinking you were going to get love or God or faith, and you got something very, very different. Because sometimes things aren't what they seem. And I need God to show me the actual state of things. I need God to show me what things really are. I need God to show me who I really am. I need a revelation. And so when I think of that picture, I think of what I'm describing as object revelation, where there is an object that we can't see, we don't understand, that is covered. And revelation is what happens when God goes to that object and uncovers it, right? The object is a thing that's covered. It's mysterious, it's hidden, it's unknowable, and then God shows us what it really is. Uh, That's what I call object revelation, but that's not the only kind of revelation that we find in our lives or in scripture. Uh, Sometimes God doesn't need to uncover something else. Sometimes God needs to unveil or uncover us. Sometimes it's not something else that's hidden or secret or unknown. No, no, no. Sometimes those things are public and clear and obvious to many people, but the thing that needs to be uncovered is us we can't see it. God needs to come and unveil our eyes. God needs to come and uh, reveal so that we can really see um, what is obvious to many or others. Um, I felt this in my own life. There have been things where it's not that uh, that thing was hidden or mysterious or secret. People in my community knew. People in my life knew. I just couldn't see it. I just couldn't see me for who I really was. I needed God not to unveil an object. I needed God to unveil the subject, me, so that I could see things as they really are. Um, but it's not just me, is it, that needs an unveiling, that needs a revealing, that needs God to uh, help us see things as they really are. Uh, our country needs a revelation, doesn't it? Uh, our country needs to see things for what they really are are. And, and we've been seeing some revelations lately. But what's interesting about these revelations is, again, the object in question is not hidden. It's not unknown. <laughs> Anyone paying attention knows what that thing, what that system, what that group, what that movement, what that, um, object is. The, th- the people who can't see is us as a country. We need God to unveil our eyes so we can see what was there all along. Um, White supremacy isn't, uh, hidden. Um, it's not unknown. It's not a mystery. It's not something that requires more study. Uh, no, white supremacy is, is there and obvious and prominent, right? Um, the thing that God needs to unveil is us. We need God to unveil our eyes. For example, January 6th, I, I was not surprised, uh, about the threat. Uh, or the problem that is white supremacy. Uh, I also wasn't surprised by the character, the capacity uh, of that president to bring about harm to our country. Um, And yet, it was a revelation. It was God showing us the actual state of things. Oh, you you thought you were united as a country? No, no, that's not the actual state of things. You you thought that you had equal justice under the law? Um, (laughs) Very clearly, you don't. Uh, It's a great thing to aspire to, but um, those terrorists got to drive home. I would have gotten buried. Uh, Those terrorists got to, like, be moved out slowly over a course of hours out of those premises. Um, I would have been shot if I had attempted anything similar to that. And if I had gotten away, by the way, I would have been hunted down 24-7 until I was found. Those people got to find a lawyer and, and go home and, like, get their affairs in order, right? Like, there is a difference, right? And so I think January 6th is a revelation. Uh, it is God showing us the actual state of things in our country. And we can look at these events as exceptions or as revelations. We can say, oh, no, this is an exception. This isn't who we are. This is this is just a, a, a fluke. Or we can recognize and make this an opportunity to see the actual state of things. No, actually, racism and white supremacy are a foundation for us as a country. It, it is who we are. It doesn't mean it's who we need to be. It doesn't mean it's not, it doesn't mean it's who we're going to be forever. No, we can repent, but we cannot experience repentance without first accepting revelation. Because as we're going to find out, liberation cannot happen without first experiencing revelation. We can't just move on. We have to deal with the actual state of things. Climate change, for example, is also not hidden, not secret, not unknown. We don't actually need to do more studies. We have the information already. What needs to be unveiled is us. What needs to be revealed is us. And actually, the lack of action that we take in issues like racism or climate change is revelatory about who we are and what we're unwilling to do. It's not just me that needs a revelation. We need a revelation. We need to see the actual state of things. We need God to show us who we really are and how things really look. So, which brings us to the letters. The letters, um, chapter 2 and 3 of Revelation, uh, which are letters to seven churches. Seven churches who had different issues, different problems, Uh different, uh, positives. Uh, like these were different communities of faith with different circumstances. And each of these letters was a revelation to them was God showing them how things really are now in this passage, you know, um, one example of revelation, there was a a church community that was very wealthy, very comfortable. Things were very good economically for that, for that city and for that church and god gives them a revelation and says actually you're really really poor you're really really destitute you are uh deep into poverty and you need to come to me for charity you need come to me uh to help you because you are in need <laughs> he looks at people that you and i would describe as wealthy and well off and he says no 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 do you, you want to know the actual state of things you are desperately poor, and there is another church community that uh, is experiencing poverty, that is experiencing police brutality. Um, They've been thrown in jail. They're experiencing an unjust legal system, persecution. They're in jail for like ten days without proper trial, without any any kind of um, support. And what does God what does God reveal to to that community? Well, God God says you are you are wealthy. You have you, you you are victorious. You see, God is actually revealing the actual state of things, which sometimes is very different than what it appears to be. And today we're going to look at a church community in Ephesus, uh, the first letter, um, because I think it's something that I believe that God has something to say to you. Uh, I know these letters were written 2,000 years ago, but what if the Holy Spirit has something unique, specific, and powerful to say to your life today so we look at this text right it starts out with it saying write this to the angel of the church in Ephesus these are the words of the one who holds the seven stars in his right hand and walks among the seven gold lampstands so again these are symbols of the churches this is this is the one who holds you in his hands this is the one who holds your community right who, who walks among your community. So this is beautiful, right? This isn't a Yelp review. This isn't like your second cousin giving you like a recommendation on Facebook. This is Jesus, right? And this is what he has to say. I know your works, your labor, your endurance. Right? He's commending them for his actions, for, 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 for their work in that community. I also know that you don't put up with those who are evil. You have tested those who say they're apostles but are not and you have found them to be lies what they have discernment they can see some of the actual state of things they can see that you can be a spiritual leader and not be the real thing all right awesome things they're doing great work they, they can see who's real and who's not awesome um by the way new city you're doing great work you're doing amazing work i mean again we are have such a prophetic community. I've never been in a church community, and I've been a part of many church communities, that is this active, that can can see the actual state of things, name the actual state of things, and act on the actual state of things in our world. I mean, it's incredible. We're doing great work, and we have this discernment. Like We can actually tell it. Real deal, not the real deal. We have this discernment. We can see uh, the actual state of things. It's so good, so good. But... And so then it continues, you have shown endurance and put up with a lot for my name's sake, and you haven't gotten tired. You haven't gotten tired of doing good. You haven't gotten tired of, isn't that a word for you? Like, we've been in a pandemic and an economic recession. We've been literally terrorized by what supremacy says in our city, specifically in our nation at large, and we haven't haven't given up. But then here we have a revelation that I think is sometimes true of me. I think it's sometimes true of us. Maybe maybe it can speak to you. But I have this against you. Right? Other versions say, I have this complaint. I have this one thing I want to bring up. You have let go of the love you had at first. You have let go of the love you had at first. Other translations say it differently. It says, you have forgotten your first love. You have forgotten your first love. Other translations say, You don't love me and others like you did at first. He continues. So remember the high point for which you have fallen. Change your hearts and lives and do the things you did at first. If you don't, I'm coming to you. I will move your lampstand from its place if you don't change your hearts and lives. we have this in your favor, you hate what the Nicolaitans are doing, which I also hate. If you can hear... Listen to what the Spirit is saying to the churches. I will allow those who emerge victorious to eat from the tree of life, which is in God's paradise. So we look at this passage, and we discover this, this crazy truth, which is that you can do the work of God without the love of God. I'm going to say that again. You can do the work of God without the love of God. It just has very serious consequences, doesn't it? Uh, I, I always kind of thought that ministry was like magic and if you and God was like the source of magic. so if you disconnected from God, you couldn't do ministry. like you'd go to preach and the message would be bad and you'd go to counsel someone and uh, your advice would be bad and like you'd go to love someone and they wouldn't feel loved. And while sometimes that there is a correlation there, I've also discovered that you can do the work of God without the love of God calling you, sustaining you, fueling you, leading you, guiding you, founding you, grounding you, right? You can actually do that because um, I think there's, you know, there's this saying um, that if you do what you love, you never work a day in your life. And while I'm sure maybe I've benefited, you've benefited from that quote sometimes, I hate that quote because it's not true. The reality is, is everything you do, everything that you work in, right? How, no, no matter what cause it is, no matter how important it is, no matter how urgent it is, no matter how beautiful that work is, requires and costs energy and effort. And there have been seasons of my life where I thought I could do the work of God and it would fuel me by itself. But you know, if you do the work of God, without the love of God, it's extractive. You have to extract it from you to give it to somebody else. So when others gain, you lose parts of yourself you like literally diminish it literally extracts from you until you burn out Um, or uh, you have to extract from others to be able to do the work so you start using and abusing people to do the work of God if we do the work of God without the love of God we will burn out and we will burn others out with us but here's the interesting thing if I was like a if Jesus was a CEO, he would have written this letter differently. He would have said, hey, you're doing great work. Also, you need to expand to this market. You're doing some really, really innovative things. Also, you need to increase productivity by 28%. But what what did Jesus do? He says, hey, 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 um, hey, good job. You're doing some really good things. Um, but you forgot what it was all about. Hey, 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 you're doing... I hate amazing stuff, it's just incredible stuff, but um you forgot the love that called you. You forgot the love that sustains you. How high have you fallen? So 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 the revelation here, the actual state of things is that you're not an employee for God, you're a child of God. god did not hire you she gave birth to you god does not need you god loves you and it's possible to do the work of god without the very love that makes anything and all of it possible uh a couple a couple weeks ago i was getting really into uh fitness i really want to get into shape so uh, I, uh, I got my bike, it's right over there, I put it on a stand and that way I can like exercise in place. And uh, I, I got Apple Fitness Plus and I got my watch and we got rings, and uh, I'm, I'm doing biking. And I have like, a, there's like a trainer video and I'm like listening to the trainer and I'm, I'm getting excited. Now, uh, context, when I was uh, in high school, I was really, really, really skinny, like 100 pounds as an 18 year old. And I was not athletic, and I was not involved in any sports, and I felt really insecure about my body. Um, and uh, I like I I didn't like taking my shirt off at any moment. I like I didn't like going to public bath. I mean, I just was really insecure about my my body, right? And thank god that like the the gay community doesn't have any uh, body image issues at all um so like i i you know so i'm getting back into fitness i'm an enneagram three i want to work i want to get this done because i want to be healthy and you know what i want to look good and that's not bad so i want to look good i want to i want to uh, i want to like have a really good summer body i mean i'm gonna work out this is gonna be new here and so i'm on my bike with all that like pump up, pump up pump up and like God just does like a drive by revelation, just like a just like breaks through the music and the trainer and, and my pump up and just says, you know, I, I loved you when you were really, really skinny. Right. You know, I loved you when you were not athletic at all. You know, I love I, I liked you uh, when you didn't do any any sports or physical activity. Uh, you know, I, I loved you. When, when you didn't want to take your shirt off at any... activity, You know, I, I loved you before any of this, before you had any idea, before you had any interest in working out at all. And it just, like, stopped me. Because, again, working out is awesome. Working out is great. You should be healthy. Working out is good. You should think about doing that more. But God wanted me to know that I did not have to work a minute to achieve or attain that which was already mine he didn't oh god didn't want me to work or exercise or or strive for a second for something that was already mine i was already loved i was already deeply loved some of my most important life revelations and experience of god's love happened before i ever took up fitness so it's not that the message of this is not don't work out. The message is don't work out to be enough. The revelation is you are enough. Amen? So, how do we actually live this out? How do we actually experience more and more revelation, more and more of God showing us the actual state of things? Well, one, I need to, uh, we need to accept that revelation comes from anywhere. It can come from anything. It can come from anyone. Right, like Christians don't have a monopoly on truth. God is truth. God has a monopoly on truth. But you can experience truth and revelation from from literally anything. Like literally, the Bible. A donkey gives out a revelation. So if that like I sometimes I tell Alexa. To, sometimes I tell she's over there. I, I she's hearing me. Uh, sometimes I tell Alexa to do stuff, and then she um she doesn't do what I want her to do, or doesn't hear me, and then I say it again, and then she starts playing a song. But I didn't ask her to, to do that. And then I say it again, but she didn't hear me because the song was playing. And then I ask her again, and then she finally like turns on or off that light, right? And then God is like, you know, Alexa like needs you to tell her to do it four times. Sometimes I need to tell it to you like 10 times. So I think Alexa is actually a little bit faster. Revelation from a robot, right? Like I've had atheists show me God before. I'm like, oh, I, I'm already loved? Thank you, atheists revelation, right? I've had Muslim. I mean, like, literally, you can get revelation from anywhere, right? The Spirit of God is speaking, and as this, uh, pastor said, are you hearing what the Spirit of God is saying to his people? Are you hearing what the Spirit of God is saying, uh, to the churches? Are you hearing what God is saying? Revelation, uh, can come from anyone, anywhere, anything. Um, I'll close with this, uh, you know, I just got married, uh, to to favo he's awesome and if you know him he is he is joy he is playful he is excited he's charismatic he's he's awesome but years ago he 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 remembers what it was like to be in the closet um from a young age he knew that he was gay from a young age he also knew that he loved god that he cared about faith that he um, wanted to be a part of church community right and as he grew up those two things. Uh, began to be in conflict with each other uh, he was told that he had a pick, right, between God and himself, between loving his creator and being who his creator made him to be, right, and, it, and that conflict was really, really real and it was causing a lot of pain, and so there was a season where Father wasn't really playful um, it, there was a season where he wasn't himself, um, where he had to be someone else, um, and it was like sometimes ranging back from either hating himself as a lot of us in the queer community know what that's like uh, or like just like going wild and and, uh, and and not being rooted in love and feeling guilty about about something he should feel loved in. Right. Um I needed a revelation um, and I love sometimes, yes, a revelation can happen when you're reading your Bible in your living room, like like sipping on coffee like that. That's true. God can reveal things to you that way. God can reveal things to you at sacred witnessing, which if you haven't been to after service, go to sacred witnessing. It's amazing. You won't just hear from me. You're gonna hear from a lot of God's people, a lot of God's prophets, a lot of people like you and me who God is showing things to. But sometimes God just like just like reveals things in like mystical, crazy, weird ways, right? Um, sometimes it just gets real biblical. God just reveal like it just it gets it gets weird. And this is one of those stories. Um, because in, over the course of a year, um, three different spiritual leaders in Ecuador who didn't know Fabo, who didn't know he was gay, who didn't know his story, who knew nothing about him, gave him the same prophetic message, right? Like, um, I, I remember him talking about, like, his, a family member uh, was sick, and so his mom, that family member, went to um, a healer right? Like five hours away, like drove to a different part of Ecuador. And, uh, that healer while they were talking was like, Hey, you know, I know that this person is sick and needs healing. We're going to, we're going to work on that. But, um, also you have an older son, right? I was like, well, yeah, I, I do have an older son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's going through something right now, isn't he? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Y- y- yeah. I need to talk to him privately. I was like, Oh, well, he's like five hours away. Okay, cool. I'll wait. So this mom calls Fabo and then Favo drives her like five hours to talk to this like healer who essentially is like, hey, like you've been struggling between like worshiping and loving God and like being who you really are, like gay, right? Um, you don't have to do that. That separation doesn't have to exist. You can be who you are and love God. So, you know, protep, you're, you're, God loves you. And and then a couple months, you know, like another instance where, again, he comes from a Baptist background. He went to a Catholic mass. The Catholic priest like takes him aside and is like, hey, I don't know how to tell you this, but like uh, you've been trying to figure out whether you can follow God and be who you are. You don't have to you have to pick. You can be both like you can love God. God loves you. He hates that you have to be separated from him. Like you don't have to pick between who you are and who God made you to be. Wink, wink, you're gay. It's fine. <laughs> like, love God. He, These people don't know he's gay. These people don't know any part of his story. It's just a word from the Lord. It's just a word from the Lord. Uh, a third instance. Literally, I think it was... I don't want to call her a witch. I like It was like someone who speaks to spirits, okay? And when someone who speaks to spirits, a Catholic priest, and like a spiritual healer from different parts of a country all have the same prophetic word for Fabo, maybe God has a revelation. <laughs> and maybe that revelation is love. Right? Like we always think a revelation has to be like hard or tough or difficult. Sometimes God just wants to say, I love you as you are. And in light of that love, you don't have to work so hard. You're not an employee or child of God. In light of that love, you don't have to like freak out or work. like I'm, I'm with you. In light of that love, you don't have to destroy your planet. You can take care of it. In light of that love, you don't have to elevate white bodies over other bodies. You can see God and divinity in each of us. In light of that love, you don't have to be afraid of the immigrant or the stranger. They're not here to take your job. They're not here to take your opportunity. Because I love you, you don't have to hate them. You can give them the same love that I give you. Because in light of love, we can be free. It's love that liberates us. Truth is only a servant to love. And 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 I think we, we we forget that sometimes the thing that God wants to whisper into your ear is not take that job, move to that city, start that ministry. Sometimes the thing that God wants to whisper to you is, I love you. Live in light of that love. A revelation is when God shows us the actual state of things. And we can't experience liberation without first experiencing revelation. And that revelation is love. Sony City, live in light of that love.